Come on, worship the Lord. Hallelujah. If he's been faithful, if he's been good, if he's been a friend that stuck closer to you than a brother, then go ahead and glorify him. It is in order to always sing of the goodness of the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Come on, I said he's worthy. Hallelujah. faithful God you can lose a lot of things a lot of things can be taken from you stolen burned up overnight in a house fire killed in a car accident stolen from a burglar a lot of things you can lose. You can lose your luggage. You can be driving, walking down the street and something of value could fall out of your pocket. Some things you're able to recover. And there's some things you lose that you can never recover from. But one thing about God's goodness... God's love. You can never lose it. As a matter of fact, Paul said, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Come on, I want that to settle in someone's spirit this morning. Come on, because there's somebody in this room that you're fighting in your heart. And the enemy's trying to rob your mind and convince you that God doesn't love you. Or you know that he loves you, but your perception of it is off. With your conscious mind, you understand it, but there's something going on that is rejecting and is not processing that within your spirit. Therefore, you're tormented. But this morning, God said, I want to free you. I want to deliver you. Come on, if you're grateful for the goodness of God, David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Come on, it's going to follow you. It's whatever's, Whatever you're dealing with, goodness and mercy, you keep on walking, it's going to follow you. The enemy has convinced you that destruction is going to follow you. Death is going to follow you. Chaos is going to follow you. Strongholds are going to follow you. But David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That means that no matter where you're at right now, God's got goodness that's going to follow this situation. God's got mercy that's going to follow this situation. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus.
I want to go to the book of John, chapter 20. I want to give honor to pastor and the bishop of this house. We give honor to them in their absence this, this morning. I want to thank God for all the ministry that's here. And I give honor to my wife and my family that are absent this morning as well. I feel the Holy Ghost very strong. I want to go to the book of John chapter 20. And I think we're going to go to the 26th verse. John 20 and 26. It says, And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hands, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I want to talk to you about yet I still believe. Yet I still believe, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we worship you. We would not be here if it was not for you. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would fill this house. Lord, that you would set the captive free. I pray, Lord God, that people would be transformed by the hearing of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that souls are free. People are filled with your spirit that have never spoken tongues before. I pray, God, that the power of the Holy Ghost would fill them this morning by evidence of speaking with new tongues. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that there would be an awareness of our own condition, but not only that, an awareness of the remedy for our condition. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that many people would flock towards the remedy. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would wash away sins, that souls, Lord God, would respond to your word, that they will be free. 
I pray, Lord God, for deliverance. Those that are battling secret things. Those things, Lord God, that hinder us from actually doing the will of God. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would set people out of, deliver people from private traps. In the name of Jesus, the things that people are entangled in, that they're condemned about, they're ashamed of, that have got them bound in this circle. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that there would be transparency, there would be humility, and that there would be the removal of pride. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would come down and you would sit with us. Set the captive free today. We worship you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and worship the Lord. You can be seated. I believe it was 16, 17 years ago when I stepped into being, quote unquote, youth pastor. And I remember speaking to someone in leadership. This person told me, they said, Brother Hurt, we are living in a different generation. And the person began to express to me, they said that this generation back then of young people, which are now grown, was a generation that learned more by seeing things. They were not a generation whose attention span could focus any length of period of time on hearing something. They said that these young people are visually stimulated. They learn by visual stimulation. And if they have nothing to see, then it's going to be most likely that they will have nothing to retain. Because they believe that the purse that the young people then could only retain what they see and very little of what they hear. So during that time period, there were those that were doing visual sermons. And there were those that were doing skits, plays, and drama. And me being one that came out from among the world, I knew myself that it was impossible for a skit to deliver me and to keep me free. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And how shall you hear without a preacher? 
And how shall he preach except to be sent? I've come to tell every person in this room that if you have an ability to hear, you have an ability to retain. Because true retention doesn't come by seeing. True retention comes by hearing. If anything, if you've got just seeing, then the seeing will manipulate you into rejecting what you have heard. So that being said, the Bible makes the statement It says that after eight days again, his disciples were within. They were in a building. They were in the house. They were in the facility. And the Bible declares that Thomas is one that is with them. We understand Thomas. We have tagged poor Thomas as being doubting Thomas. I thank God. That when he identifies us, he doesn't identify us as loser George or convict Kelly or whoremongering Larry or backbiting Shelley. But if he attaches anything to our name, he attaches his name to it. I've come to tell you that regardless of what mistakes and failures you are, when the blood washes you, you're no longer identified by the thing that God washed off of you. That means if you were once a whoremonger, you're a whoremonger no more. If you were once a gangbanger, you're a gangbanger no more. If you were once a thief, you're a thief no more. If you were once a liar, you are a liar no more. If you were once bitter, you're bitter no more. If you're once angry man, you're an angry man no more. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things are made new. Now, when we baptize you today, we're going to baptize you into the name of Jesus Christ. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you put on Christ. But when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, Christ is put into you. And I've come to tell you that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. That that means that it would be wrong to call him Doubting Thomas. If we're going to call him Doubting Thomas, then we need to call you uh, Thief Gary. Gary the Thief. Or if we're going to call you, if we're going to call him Downing Thomas, then we need to call Sally, adulterous Sally. 
Because you got to understand that when God transitions you, nothing about you in his book remains the same. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Bible declares that Thomas is in this building and the disciples are also there. The ladies have already seen Jesus after his resurrection. However, there are those that have not yet seen him. For the Bible declares, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was with them, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the prince of the nails, and put my finger into the prince of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. It is amazing what happens when a person has experienced great upset, tragedy, pain. What may hit you one way may not actually hit the person next to you the same way. I have learned in life that many people can go through the same thing, but yet it not hit them the same way. Because you got to understand that every person is their own individual. Every person has their own background. Every person has had their own upsets. Every person has had their own experiences. I've grown in the Lord to realize that if a person is going through something, don't beat them down for the way they're going through but help them to come out of the thing that they're going through. You can either beat them into bondage, or you can deliver them from the bondage that they're in. You can either beat them into their condition, or you can speak life in a way that will bring them out of the condition that they're in. Because God's intent is not to make you feel guilty for your sin. God is content. It's to make you feel convicted so that he can show you the love of God. So that you can understand that where sin abound, grace doth much more abound. Deliverance from sin does not come when you focus upon the sin. Deliverance from sin comes when you focus upon the grace. Why? Because if I can focus upon the grace, then grace will abound above my sin. But if I focus upon my sin, where will I ever find grace? Paul made a statement. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. That that means that there is something beyond just the hearing of the word of God. That means that Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. For it is the power that leads unto a particular place. There's a destination 
is not just a message, but it's a message that will lead you to a final place. I've come to tell you that wherever you're at, where you are, wherever you are at, while you're hearing this message, I've come to tell you that where you're at right now is not your final destination. Wherever you're at right now, wherever your struggle is, whatever your problem is, wherever your hang-up is, wherever your issue is, that is not your final place. That is not your final choice. That is not your final destination. There is much more that God has for you. And this message is going to lead you out of this place to take you to a final destination. It is the power of God that, that lets me understand that this message is not just something that stimulates the emotions. It's not a non-fiction novel book. It's not a fictional novel. It's not sci-fi, but, but it's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's its creator of all things. It is the source and strength of God. It is the power of God. What do you mean, Brother Heard? When it comes down to power, it has transformational authority. It has an ability to confront whatever matter is going on in your life. What do you mean? Whatever the matter is, it is the solution. Paul made a statement. He said that it's the power of God. It is the solution of God. It is the remedy of God. It is the it is the power source that God is going to use in your life to bring you out of whatever predicament or condition that you're in. What do you mean you need to look at that condition and say you might have had power over me, but God is bringing power to my ears. It's going to lead me out of the condition that I'm in. You might have authority over me, but there's a greater authority that comes with this message. It's going to break the authority that you have over me. Listen, you can either listen to your bondage or you can listen to the message. You can either listen to your condition or you can listen to the message. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the message. You can either be ashamed of the message or you can live in doubt and condemnation over the past. But when you understand that you've got a message that trumps the identity of your past or your current situation, Paul said it's going to transform your life. It's going to, it's going to rise, it's going to rule out every issue that's ever had a problem or ever had something over your life. He said, I'm going to break going to destroy it. I'm going to annihilate it. I'm going to remove it. I've come to tell you this morning that God said uh, you might feel like you're by yourself uh, but if you've got a word from God uh, you're not by yourself. Uh, he said, Lo, I am with you always uh, even until the end of the world. Thomas has experienced not only the death of his Savior, he has heard the word. He was prepared for this. Have you ever been in a position where 
you have been preparing or God has been preparing you for what's getting ready to happen. And after what he has prepared you for happens, you function in a way that looks like you were not even prepared for what God prepared you for. Have you ever been in a condition where you knew that this thing was going to be and you thought that you had registered within your spirit and within your mind. You felt like you were already aware and you felt like you were already equipped and prepared for what was happening. Until that morning comes when it happens. Well, you got to consider that not only has Jesus died, but it is also said that they have witnessed the crucifixion of the one that they loved. They have witnessed their hero being slaughtered by centurion soldiers. The one that they recognize after experiencing the beatings that took place in the courts beyond before it was over with he was beaten beyond his own recognition the trauma that these men are experiencing as they witness their heroes back being beat open like a plowed field taken back to a previous conversation that when it's over when it's done all men are mad is going to forsake me. That all of you that walk with me are going to forsake me before the end of the week. The guilt, the condemnation, the shame that this man is experiencing when he was willing to walk publicly with Christ. With miracle signs and wonders are following. But the moment when there is a, a, a conflict, the moment when there's persecution, the moment where there's suffering, he walks with them as long as the miracles are flowing. But the moment that the suffering steps in, he's nowhere to be found. Knowing him in the power, but rejecting him in the suffering. Peter, one of the lead apostles, has rejected Christ, has denied him. Three times, the woman says, your speech gives you away. So that he could deny that he was connected to Jesus. See, when you have a relationship with Jesus, it will show up in your speech. We should walk so close to God that our speech gives us away. If the only thing that gives you away is your long skirt and your long dress and your uncut hair and your nice suit and your nice trimmed haircut, if that's the only thing that gives you away, you're not walking close to the master. You 
might be walking close to the church, but you're not walking close to the master. Because when you walk close to the master, something will happen with your speech. Your speech will give you away. So that he could detach himself from any connection with Christ. The Bible declares that Peter began to cuss the woman out. He began to start cussing. And next thing you know, the cock crew crowed three times. Judas is another one was chosen among them. And now he has now Thomas is also processing the fact that it wasn't a Pharisee or a Sadducee that sold Jesus out. But it was one that was among them. Can, can I talk to somebody in this room? A lot of us can say what a lot of us would do until your place in the situation that a lot of us have not been placed in. It's easy to say what you would do before you get into a thing. But it's a whole other thing to do a thing once you're in the middle of that thing. Only thing you could do is say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, you are my only help. Lord, you are my only hope. Lord, you're my only source. Lord, you are my strength. Peter, Thomas, Thomas, after betraying Christ, selling them out for 30 pieces of silver. Once he realizes what he has done, the silver that he sold him out for was no longer worth it to him. How many of you in this room that once you have done what you should not have done, now it's no longer of any value to you? Some of you in this room, you're battling with guilt, you're battling with shame, you're battling with condemnation because you have done a thing against God and the enemy convinced you that the grass was greener on the other side. But once you got on the other side and saw that it was not worth it, the grass isn't all is it truly greener and wasn't worth it. Now you're on the verge of wanting to kill yourself. How is it that one week you're walking in the miraculous and the next week you're ready to kill yourself? One week you're walking in the miraculous, the next week Judas You find out that the 30 pieces of silver just wasn't worth it. There's somebody in this room right now. You're measuring things 
and you're, you're, you're measuring things within your personal life and you're like God if I could just go back and undo the thing that I did I would have made a better choice I would have made a different choice I would have made a different decision but can I tell you this morning praise the Lord that the decision that you made is not final can I tell you that God has a final decision you can either make the decision you made yesterday final or you can make the decision that God has for you today final can I tell somebody in this room that the Lord said my word will go forth and will not return back void but it will accomplish what it's set out to do Jesus died to make your decision unfinal and make his decision for your life final Eight days. The disciples have seen Jesus. But Thomas hasn't. Thomas has not experienced what the others have experienced. You don't really hear a whole lot of talk about Thomas's ministry. While in the Gospels. But you hear a lot of talk. About Thomas's doubting. After the resurrection. Maybe Thomas wrestled with rejection. Maybe Thomas had many other issues. I don't know what Thomas's issue was. But I do know what Thomas's solution is. Can I talk to somebody in this room? You don't need to know the person's issue that's next to you. All you need to know is that there's a remedy, that there's a solution, that there is an answer, that there's a source. Can I tell you, I don't need to know your problem. I know the solution for every problem that's in this room. And that solution is Jesus. He's a very present help in trouble. If you need the solution for your issue, lift up your voice right now and shout unto God. Eight days. Eight days. The lady seen him. The twelve. But one. Have seen him. Eight days have gone by. After Thomas made the statement. I believe it when I see it. Because there's also a rumor going out. And the rumor is, is that someone came and stole the body of Jesus. Have you ever been in a position where you had a whole lot of things going on at one time? Then at that point, you don't even know what to believe. 
what you have been living your life for, you are now questioning it. It is amazing what kind of questions people begin to have when they come under a certain amount of pressure. But can I tell you that God doesn't want you to question your deliverance because of the pressure. I've come to tell you that regardless of the pressure, God's grace in your life is sufficient. Bible declares that Thomas was in the room with the twelve. And Jesus walks in while the door is shut. Would you lift your hands right now? Oh God, walk into the door, into the room where doors are closed. Lord, walk into the rooms of hearts where doors are closed. Walk into the rooms of people's lives where doors are closed. Walk in the houses of closed doors. Walk in the bedrooms of closed doors. Walk in the minds of closed doors. Walk in the children of closed doors. After eight days, then Jesus, then came Jesus. Sometimes you make comments out of anger, out of frustration. Thomas's statement was made more out of frustration than was made out of faith. You want to kill faith, get frustrated and live in it. You want to increase faith, get a word from God and rejoice in it. You're either going to rejoice in the word or you're going to be frustrated. But if you will be, if you will rejoice, your faith will increase. But if you get frustrated, your faith will decrease. You need to learn how to bless the Lord at all times. You can't just sing about it. You can't just shout about it. But when you're in your bedroom, you got to rejoice. When you're in your closet, you got to rejoice. When you're in your car, riding down the street, you've got to rejoice. When you're on the pew and you can't feel God, rejoice. Yay, I say rejoice. You've got to learn to rejoice. When you feel like there's nothing to rejoice about. When you've got something to complain about, rejoice. When you got something to get frustrated about, rejoice. When you got something to cry about, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. You 
can either wait patiently and rejoice or you can wait frustratedly. But if you're waiting frustration, it might delay the visitation. But if you will wait and rejoice, it might accelerate the visitation of God. You can either sit in a room with the door shut, complaining about why hasn't God come to where I'm at. Or you can step out and say, you know what, I'm going to open up the... I'm going to ready to open up my mouth. And as I open up my mouth, the Lord's going to come in. Why? Because the Bible declares that God dwells in the presence of his people. In the praises of his people. God's coming for the person who's in a closed door. God's coming for the person today whose mind has been shut off. You're waiting. You're frustrated. You're trying to figure out why can I get delivered because you're too frustrated to get delivered. You're too frustrated. Praise the Lord. You're not even seated. When you become so frustrated. You say, well, how can I be too frustrated for deliverance? Because your frustration begins to get frustrated. Your frustration becomes so strong uh, that you see faith as an enemy. You see faith uh, as an enemy. You feel faith uh, as a culprit. Praise the Lord that is there to just give you wishful thinking. You see faith uh, as something that's actually the problem instead of seeing faith as a solution to the problem. You're like, well, if God knows where I'm at, uh, he should just come exactly to where I'm at. Uh, First of all, I need you to understand uh, this world does not revolve around you. Uh, Your your relationship with God uh, doesn't revolve around you. Everything revolves uh, around God. Uh, God is at the center of everything. Uh, Not my will, uh, but your will be done. Uh, It's not about you. Uh, It's about God, it's Lord, what do you desire? Lord, is it your purpose? Lord, is it your plan? Lord, is it what you're wanting out of this moment? I don't want to do anything outside of what you have planned. Can I talk to somebody in this room? You that are sitting there frustrated. See, when you're frustrated, it's all about you. But when you're grateful, it's all about God. When you're frustrated, uh, you keep seeing yourself in a situation. But when it's all about going, when you're when you're grateful, you start seeing God in every situation. I've come to tell you how to get God in the middle of your situation quicker. Either focus on yourself or focus on God. Can I talk to somebody in this room? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he was walking on water because his focus was on God. But when he started focusing on himself, see, when he started looking at the storm, he stopped looking at God and he started looking at himself. You want the miracle to happen? Quit looking at yourself. Quit looking at the problem. Quit looking at the time and start looking at God. You can dance on the water. You can shout on the water. You can worship on the water. The wind and the waves should not 
determine your faith. The wind and the waves should not determine your commitment. The word of God is what determines your commitment. The voice of God is what determines your commitment. He said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. God said, I want to get you out of that depression. I want to get you out of that depression. You're coming out of that depression tonight. You're coming out of that depression this morning. You're coming out of that anxiety today. You're coming out of that bitterness today. You're coming out of that condition today. You're coming out of that stronghold today. Come on, you're coming out of that sin today. Come on, we're sin about. Grace doth much more about. Listen, you can either magnify what you've done or magnify what the Lord has done do you ever think that if you took all the sins of man from Adam all the way down to the trumpet sounds if you take all the sins of man that have been committed from the days of Adam all the way to the trumpet sounds if you take the sins of angels that fell from heaven above and you gather them all together it still would not abound above the grace of God can I talk to somebody in this room where sin abound grace does much more about it abounds above the iniquity of Lucifer it abounds grace might not be for the angels grace is for humanity but can I tell you even though it's not for the angels it still abounds above the iniquity of even the angels gotta get them in my house. Come on, somebody's gonna say, I gotta get them in my mind. I gotta get them in my house. I gotta get them in my prayer time. I gotta get them on my job. I gotta get them wherever I'm at. Come on, there's some people in this room right now. You've got God kicked out because of your frustration. You're like, well, he 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 visited my brother right here. He visited Brother McGirt right here. Uh, but, but what about me? He's visited my home, my homeboy over there. Uh, but what about me? He visited my child over there oh, what about me can I tell you maybe promises problem is is that God is showing up but he's always in a different place have you ever been in a place where you heard oh my God did you hear what God did for sister so and so oh yeah church was amazing last week church was amazing Thursday night and people are talking about it but it seemed like on the day that God was moving maybe you had to work maybe you had the nursery maybe you were in a different part of the church or maybe you were just literally checked out can I tell you praise the Lord that even though you might have missed the last visitation don't mean you have to miss this one some of you are frustrated you're like oh because I didn't get it last week then maybe God's got a problem with me see some of you are so perverted in your mind that you twist every single time something happens you're like well maybe it wasn't for me maybe the reason why God showed up for the 11 but did not show up for me was because God's upset with me maybe I lost my anointing maybe the Lord's God maybe can I talk to you in this room the Bible declares that the carnal mind is a 
an enemy of God. You need to quit trying to measure God's footstep in your life by the carnal way of thinking. It wants to take away the fact that God loves you. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. Can I tell you, if God got a problem with you, the carnal mind won't tell you. God will tell you himself. If God's got a bone to pick with you, the devil ain't going to tell you. God will tell you himself. every lying spirit that's spoken in your ears that's told you that God don't love you that told you that God has rejected you I come against it by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus I drive that spirit out of this place today on the authority that's in the name of Jesus You can be delivered today. You can be free today. I want you to know one thing. God loves you. You got to understand that God loves you. It's not a fairy tale love. It's not a mother goose nursery rhyme love. It's not the love of your mama. It's not the love of your grandpappy. It's a love of God. The Bible declares it's a kind of love, praise the Lord, that drives out fear. Come on, the enemy's got you bound in fear because he knows that if you ever get bound in love, you'll drive out everything. Uh, that's functioning in this end time spirit uh, but if he can convince you that God doesn't love you uh, or if he can twist uh, or pervert your mindset of the love of God uh, then what he will do uh, is that he will get you uh, to drive out uh, the relationship with God uh, and bind you by fear that uh, the devil is a liar somebody needs to stand up uh, in the revelation that God loves you uh, and tell fear the Lord did not give me the spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, in the name of Jesus, somebody in this room needs to look up towards heaven and say, God, I believe that you still love me. What do you mean? Brother McGirt, while I was robbing people, he loved me. When I was cane banging and fighting folk, he loved me. When I was a sneaking, conniving, liar thug, he loved me. When I was out there fornicating, he still loved me. He loved me before and he loved me afterwards. He loved me when I couldn't love myself. He loved me when I didn't love nobody else. He loved me before and he loved me afterwards while I was yet in my seat his love sent his son to die for me can I talk to somebody in this room it's the kind of love that people begin to say what is man that thou art mindful of him the son of man that thou visitest him it's not because I'm more special than the next person it's because God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life his love is not isolated to brother Hurt his love is not isolated to Bishop Wright his love is not isolated to the people in the ministry but his love is isolated to humanity
fact, you got to understand, it didn't say that God so loved the angels that he gave his only begotten angel. He didn't begot an angel. He begot a son. Can I tell you, full of grace and truth, can I talk to somebody in this room? He set you free because he loved you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, somebody needs to register in, my, in your spirit and say he still loves me. Come on, if everybody walks out on you, he's still going to love you. If everybody turns their back on you, he's still going to stand there. If everybody rejects you, he's still going to love you. Somebody in this room has got to resist that spirit of rejection. Come on, in the name of Jesus, your mama might have rejected you. But God said, when nobody wanted you, he said, while you were polluted and your own garment, he said, I covered you. Come on. While you were polluted in your own blood. He said, I covered you. Come on. I've come to tell somebody in this room that God's not rejecting you. God is receiving you. God is loving you. Come on. By the power and the authority. It's in the name of Jesus. I feel chains breaking off of people this morning. I see chains breaking off of people this morning. There's some folk in this room. I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to heal your mind. I'm going to heal your thoughts. I'm going to heal your desire. I'm going to heal your your perception of the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Come on. That's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. That's it. You can get your breakthrough right now. Come on, that's it. If you need deliverance, that's it. Go ahead. If, if you feel it in the Lord, the cry out to God, just go, just go ahead. I'm telling you that today you don't have to leave here. God, Lord, I pray for a healing. I pray for healing. Come on. You need to shake that thing off of you. Come on, you got to shake it off of you. Come on. Come on, you got to bring some resistance. Come on. I, I know that every single time you do it, you get frustrated. Some of us, we get we quit because we're frustrated. Come on, we can't stay focused because we're frustrated. Come on, some of us are faith. We frustrate our own faith. Come on, but, but can I tell you, them that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. 
I want to be free. Come on, that's it. You don't have to live another day like this. Come on, you don't have to live another day like this. Come on, that's it, sister. I want it off of me. Break it off of me today. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Come on, my sokola bahaya. Rikola bakan rita basoko bahaya. Ikola basama lobo siyana basa. Edanama lobo fisha. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray today, Lord God, that you would heal those things that pertain to her. I speak victory. Come on, you're going to finish. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. I pray for breakthrough upon your life right now. In the name of Jesus, come on. I break this curse. I command this stronghold to come down. And the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. May the joy of the Lord return to you this day. I speak soundness of mind to your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Lord's moving right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is moving right now. Come on. I know I could preach a little bit more. Come on, but God's wanting to do something right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, that's it, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, deliver me from the frustration. Come on, you got to push. Come on, you got to press beyond it, brother. Come on, in the name of Jesus, you got to push beyond it. Come on, you, you can't be. Be not weary in well-doing. You're going to reap if you faint not. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, Jesus is coming behind the closed door. Come on, God is meeting you behind the closed door. Some of you are feeling like, well, the Lord will enter in once you find the key to the door that is locked and shut. But can I tell you, Jesus said that I don't need the key to go through the door. He said, I am the door. I will appear right where you're at. I will appear right where you're at. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. He, you don't need a key to get Jesus in the door. You don't need a key to get Jesus in the door. You're like preacher. I, I, I feel like I'm a prisoner in this door. Maybe that door that you're a prisoner in, you don't have the key because you're not the warden. And the warden don't want Jesus in the to get you out but Jesus said I will appear right where you're at I don't need a door I don't need a window I'm a door he said I open up a door before you that no man can shut can I talk to you today today is your day for deliverance today is your day for breakthrough come on in the name of Jesus I rebuke the lie. I heard, I heard somebody say, they say, well, if you do this, it's only going to return back. I heard you. You said, well, preacher, if, if I do it, I'm only going to return back. I've done it before. The devil is a liar. Come on, I'm telling you that God wants to take the hook out of your mouth. God wants to take the enemy's hook out of your mouth. He wants to take the enemy's hook out of your mind. He wants to take the enemy's hook out of your heart. And the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus.
I know that this is an end time spirit. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is the... The devil uh, is not the only spirit uh, that's going to have authority in the last hour. The, holy, the devil uh, is not the only spirit that's going to have authority in this last hour. Come on, he said, uh, when you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you shall receive power. Come on, in the name of Jesus, there you go. Come on, I feel freedom in this house. Come on, there's a breakthrough happening in these altars. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. The Lord said, I'm delivering you from the root of bitterness. Come on, there's a bitter root. There's a bitter root. That is sprung forth, but the Lord said, I'm removing this root in the name of Jesus. We cut it off by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I prophesy your healing this day in the name of Jesus. Behold, this day, behold, this day of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of rejection. I rebuke the spirit of rejection. I rebuke the spirit of rejection. I don't care who walked out on you. He said, I still hear. He said, I still reign. And he said, I have the power to make you recover. This day by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. They thought they would destroy you. But God said, I'm going to restore the areas of your destruction. Come on. Well, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. But let Jesus speak to you. Let Jesus minister to you. Let Jesus. If you're bowed and you're sitting in your pew and you're like, Brother Hurt, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just want you to just lift your hands up just lightly. Just lift it up. If that's you, you're like, Brother Hurt, you're, you're preaching to me. But I don't know what to do. I just want you to raise your hands up. And if you see somebody with their hands raised up, I want you to go minister to them right now. But be in the Holy Ghost. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Today is your day. Today is your day. Come on, that's it. Today is your day. Come on. Come on, that's it. I hear grief leaving out of people. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. I hear bitterness leaving out of people. Come on, around these altars. Come on, 
Sometimes when bitterness is leaving, come on, sometimes when bitterness is leaving a, a person's heart, it'll feel like a, an overwhelming amount of grief. You'll feel like a, an overwhelming amount of grief that will leave you. Not just not a grief to remind you, but a grief that will leave you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, the Lord said you don't have to carry it another day. You don't have to live it another day. You don't have to be bound by it another day. Come on, but let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Have the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost. Come on. He's not rejecting you. Come on. He's receiving you. Come on. If you will humble yourself. Come on. Yes, he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. But if you repent of your pride and say, Lord, I surrender my pride. Now, if you've already surrendered your pride, you don't have to tell him that. Come on. But, but, but if you haven't, come on. I, 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 I repent of it, God. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. God, young man, is going to heal you of that bitter root. Come on, that destructive cloud that is resting over you. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. To lift your hands. The, lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. The enemy wants to put you in a prison. The enemy wants to put you in a physical prison. There's some things that God said I want to block you from. There's some doors that you've been going through. And I see some people that are going to die around you. The Lord says I want you to remove yourself from these people. The enemy wants to put you in a prison and keep you there. But the Lord says, I want to put you in a secret place and keep you there. There's a bitterness, there's an anger and a hurt that you've got on the inside of you. And the Lord says, I want to deliver you. Now I'm telling you, the last time I told this person, told somebody a word like this, this person turned around and they did not receive what I said. They turned around and ended up killing somebody. Ended up going to prison for the rest of their life. It was something that happened on the spur of the moment. I'm telling you that God said, I want to deliver you. And he's going to do it. There's a bitter root that is in you. There's an anger. There's a depression. There's, there's, there's frustration and upset that you have even towards your parents. But the Lord told me to tell you this day. He said, I want to deliver you. I want to free you. You've got to be transparent with God. As you do this, you're going to walk in the secret place of the Most High God. Just stretch your hands. That's it, brother. Go ahead. Talk to the Lord. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on. I know you can't see it, but the enemy has a trap. 
Come on. I know you can't see it, but the enemy has a trap. Come on. And what you have to do is say, Lord, I surrender my life. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would have told me this years ago. I would have missed a lot of problems if somebody would have came to me and told me what I'm telling you right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray that you would do a healing in my brother. In the name of, there you go, in the name of Jesus. That's it, in the name of Jesus. That's it, brother. That's it, in the name of Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers. You have to trust that he is the answer. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. 